the book of Mark. Mark, the fifth chapter. Hallelujah. Appreciate people that are fully committed to loving God with all their life, all their heart. Hello? Everything. Amen. Somebody say everything. You know, the Bible calls us, the church, the bride of Christ. Amen. And kind of has some kind of a picture of a bride and a bridegroom that one day will be united when he returns. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine somebody saying, well, you know, I'd sure like to marry you, but I don't know about fully committing to you. You know, I like there's some of those some of those, you know, vows of forsaking all others, you know, and, you know, I, I'm I, I don't I don't want to get too over, you know, oh, just put myself out there that much, you know, and act like I'm that excited. I mean, I'm I mean, I love you and all, but but we expect Jesus to just be all excited about us giving part of our hearts to him. Amen. I want to tell you something. When God showed me how good he is and how much he loved me, I want to give him my all. Amen. I want to turn from an old life and turn to him with all my life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Half-heartedness is is not really the kind of love God is looking for. Amen. But I'm so thankful for people that love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Mark 5. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your presence here. Thank you for what we've already felt, what we've already heard. Thank you, Lord, for just your power that is with us to help us and to guide us and to mold us and give us everything we need to, to be everything we need to be. God, we love you. We praise you. Lord, I ask you to talk to our hearts. God, give us ears to hear what your spirit would say to the church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mark 5. In verse 1, says, They came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. And we want to drop down to verse 9 for sake of time. It says, And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. God bless you. You can be seated. I want to take a little bit of time and look at this man. We don't know his name. Because when Jesus addressed this man, the spirits within him responded. Nothing really about how this man's life transpired to this point is recorded in Scripture. It would be interesting, I think, at least to me, to just see where this man came from and what kind of upbringing maybe he had. What kind of trials he had. What kind of events that brought him to such a desperate situation. Praise God. All we know is the book of Luke tells us in the 8th chapter that he was like this for a long time. But nothing that we see in his life at this point in Jesus addressing him, we don't see Jesus condemning him. We don't see Jesus blaming him. Amen. We don't see Jesus trying to figure out just how 
He allowed this into his life, maybe. He doesn't use that kind of language. I believe that people can come to a place where where the enemy can completely bind them and possess them. I believe in that. I believe the Bible and the accounts of that. And, and um, you know, I don't spend a lot of time telling stories of accounts of people that we've ministered to and situations that, that we have experienced that were, were specifically demonic in, in nature. But this man here, we see a very extreme situation. I want to look at him for a little while. And not just say, hey, listen to me, if you're dealing with any of this, that somehow you are possessed or it's demons of some kind. Sometimes, listen to me, I just said I believe in it. But what I've seen too many times is an easy excuse, kind of like an old comedian used to say many years ago, the devil made me do it. I don't think that needs to be the case all the time where we fall back and blame the devil all the time. Sometimes we need to look at ourselves and look at where we are right now. I'm not here to say, hey, what kind of mistakes did you make? What brought you to this point? Again, I got a lot of times people want to spend time and say, hey, here's how, how I want to tell you how I've been hurt and how people have done. But, but you know, here we are nonetheless. I liken it already to being broke down alongside the road. You got a flat tire and I'm going to pull up with a, with a jack and my sleeves rolled up and ready to, to help my friend. And we're just going to sit down beside the road and say, Oh, I can't believe this. I can't believe how bad my life is, how bad my luck is. I can't believe I was trying to do this. And I was trying, you know, we're wasting a lot of time. Let's change that tire and get you back on the road. Jesus comes to the shores and and meets this man and the change is getting ready to happen. Amen. Amen. We don't need to overcomplicate this. We don't need to make it something it's not. Jesus knows how to set the captives free. Jesus, if we can now, now the thing that is exciting to me, and uh, if you don't read your Bible, you might get mixed up because I've seen a lot of people say, well, you need to just go heal everybody and go deliver everybody and go, and wait a minute, there's something that happened here. Because I have sadly, sadly run into many more people than I have that God was able to set free. I've run into many more people that really just kind of, they're settled into what they're familiar with, even if it is harmful to themselves. Yeah, right. That's right. They're more satisfied in something that is familiar right. than to step out and trust God and for a better new life. Right. Yes, Amen. Right. I want to tell you, the Bible tells us in, in that, uh, that this man comes to Jesus. Jesus comes to the shores, something even though there's such a, such a horrible situation we're going to see here in a little bit. He comes to Jesus, falls at his feet, and worships him. There's something still within the will of this man that is reaching out for deliverance, reaching out for help, that wants to be changed. God's never going to allow you to be in a situation where you're in a corner without, without hope, without help. So often I've heard people say, well, what about somebody that doesn't know? What about somebody that doesn't have a chance? 
What about somebody who, who there's, there's nobody around? You know, uh, I've heard it said already, well, you know what? There must be somebody out there in the middle of Africa or something that, that's never really heard about Jesus, that's never really heard about, uh, about help and the hope of the gospel. What about that man? He can't be lost. You know, the Bible talks about a man in the middle of Africa. In the book of Acts, the eighth chapter, there's a man in Ethiopia and there's a red hot revival happening in Samaria somewhere. And Philip is just preaching and seeing people set free and healed and filled with the Holy Ghost. And there's one man on a chariot in Ethiopia with a scroll. And he's looking around at this life and looking around this world and saying, I, it's not fulfilling me. It's not meeting my needs. I, there's got to be something more, but I don't understand this scripture at all. And all of a sudden God says, Hey, leave that revival and go talk to that man. See, God's going to meet you and bring hope to your hopeless situation. We talked about it Wednesday night about the man that was sitting by the pool of Siloam and, and nobody could help him. And it didn't seem like he, there was any way that he could get the miracle that he needed. But Jesus came to him. Your situation may seem unique to you. It may seem like nobody can understand, nobody can, can has the answer, but listen to me. God will meet you right where you are to give you the help and the deliverance that you need. There is nothing. God cares about you. You're not going to slip through his fingers. This man who had many demons, Mark 5, verse 5 talks about this desperate and extreme situation talks about him here and always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying cutting himself with stones brother what a horrible horrible situation this is in this is what an extreme case this is But we can see in this man some of the ways that the enemy fights against whoever he can. He swarms to and fro seeking whom he may devour. It says always night and day. Jesus is the one we quoted it earlier that says, come to me and I'll give you rest. But there is no rest in sin. When you start. Believing the lies of the enemy and start following his ways and believing that it's an easier way. Believing that it's just too hard to be a Christian. It's too hard to follow Jesus. Well, like I tell you all the time, Jesus said with man, it is impossible. When you feel like it's too hard, that's when you need to look up and surrender and say, God, I'm doing it wrong. I need your strength. But but in sin, there is no rest. There's no peace. Amen. Night and day. Just the uneasiness. The lack of peace. The turmoil. The Bible says he was in the tombs. Isolating himself. Getting away from from the help that he needed. from uh, Isolated from his family. Isolated from his friends. In a place that's surrounded by death. Surrounded by what was considered unclean. Amen. This life that the enemy would try to lead you, isolate you and make you so alone and take you away. Do everything you can to take you away from those that can help you, those that can strengthen you. That's the plan of the enemy to divide and conquer. To bring loneliness into your life, to surround you with death. Listen, 
the music of today, the entertainment of today. I'm not here to just point at some of the very obvious evil that is there. So many can say, oh, that doesn't influence me at all. And we can talk about that, certainly. But but there's no life there. The emptiness, the vanity that people are spending their lives wasting time on things that are just 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 keeping them from the joy and the peace, all the, the testimonies today of, of the value of what God is doing in his presence and how he enriches your life and, and how it affects you and, and brings you together with community, with family, and, and, and makes you, the Bible says he, the blessings of the Lord make us rich and add no sorrow to it. But the devil isolates us, surrounds us with death. He was in those tombs crying. The depression, the sorrow of the enemy that makes us feel hopeless, that brings that, that deep despair into our hearts to know that what is the point, what is the purpose, what is the meaning of, uh, of my existence. It just seems so empty, so desolate. This was the life of this man, and this is what the enemy is doing to souls today. And we see this. In the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. How much we see around us the, a life of self-sabotage, self-loathing, self-harm. We've seen many cases of self-harm, even specifically people cutting themselves. Feeling so empty, so desolate, so alone. Feeling so detached from from a life that they don't know how to deal with because the pain that they experience so much, they just feel like they have to feel something to know that they're alive. That's right, amen. But how many habits and addictions are destroying themselves? Right. Amen? People that are, 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 are know very well, this is hurting me, this is killing me, but you know what, I can't deal with my life. I can't deal with where I'm going. And no matter how, how, how much I've been hurt, I, I take it out on me. We see sin. Sin is that so often that, that self harm that we see that knowing that this is, this is wicked. I've talked to young people already and said, please just, just recognize you've got so much love around you. You've got so much help around you, but I'm going to do this. But that's foolish. That's, that's going to hurt you. You know that's going to take you down the wrong path. Yes, but it's mine and I, that's pride. That says, I'm too stubborn to receive help and love. I'm going to make a decision that, that, that takes me in a bad direction. And it breaks the hearts of people who, who know the love of God. This man that we can so easily look at and say, ah, what a, what a sinner, what an evil man, what a, what a, what a stain on our community. Somebody needs to try to just get rid of him and get him out of here. He's crying and, and he's, he's living among the tombs and all these things that are so wicked and evil. But here comes Jesus. Here comes Jesus. And this man that I'm sure just about everybody had given up on. Right. Yes, sir. What kind of hope is there for a man so full of devils? What hope is there for a man that has lost all sense of what is 
what is reasonable and right and would live amongst the dead and, and, and harm himself in such a way. And it seemed like he was so far beyond reaching. But listen, when Jesus walked on those shores, that man came running to Jesus and fell at his feet, worshipped him. So often when you're seeing the results of sin, the consequences of the enemy wreaking havoc in somebody's life, there's somebody there that's saying, I just need to see Jesus. I've seen religion. I've seen emptiness. I've seen hypocrisy. I've seen self-righteousness. I've had the lies told to me that somebody cares and has given up on me. But if Jesus was there, I would fall at his feet for help. What a responsibility we have. Hallelujah. Uh, What a responsibility we have not to be like the priest and the Levite that walked on the other side of the road when the when the man was robbed and beaten and left for dead there on the road to Jericho. It was a Samaritan. It was a man that that the, the Jews looked at as as devils. They didn't have any time for a Samaritan. They were idolaters. They were, they, they had their golden calves and, and they were backslidden Israelites that mixed their culture with the Assyrians and worshiped golden calves. They're evil. But Jesus said, the priest didn't have time. The Levite didn't have time. But there was somebody who was hated and despised. Sounds like another story about Jesus, doesn't it? Someone that they called a devil. But he had time to stop and pay the price to help this man and get him what he needed to rescue him. So often, like I said, we're living in these last days, but we're going to be the light. We're going to be the help. We're going to be the ones that say, Hey, I, I I can't make you, I can't force you. I can't, I, I can't dictate the results. That's going to be your choice. But, but I want you to know more than anything else, there's a God that cares And a God that can help you because he helped me. This man runs to Jesus, falls at his feet, worships him, and Jesus sets him free. Amen. Jesus sets him free. Jesus makes the difference. Look what it says there in in Luke now. Luke, the eighth chapter. Luke 8, verse 35. says, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus. Somebody heard something was going on. Right. Jesus probably went a little too far this time. I mean, I know he's a helper, but he's not out there with that guy. Come on, we gave up on him a long time ago. We, we, we just waiting for the day the ground opens up and swallows him up and put him right in hell where he belongs. You know that's how people are. He's going to get what he deserves. I'm so glad I didn't get what I deserve. Luke 8.35 says they went out to see what was done. Came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Clothed. And in his right mind. They were afraid. Evidence. Of a change. Old things passed away. The man put some clothes on his body. Amen. The, the man 
now has peace in his heart sitting at the feet of Jesus. You can see the change. I believe when people were coming down to that part of town they, where they usually kind of, you know, that's, that's where the story, you know, you better be careful. You better be good and go to bed. You know, that guy's going to get you. He was the boogeyman of that area probably. You know, you don't want to end up like him. He was a bad example. You don't listen to your mama. You're going to end up in the graveyard like that guy, that crazy man. They come into this town, wonder what's going on, and they see, I'm sure, far off. Is that him? No. Right. He doesn't look the same. Right. Yeah. He don't dress the same. Right. Amen. Amen. He's not acting the same. Right. There's something that has been transformed in his life. Yeah. It is all-encompassing. It's everything. He's a new creation in Christ. Hallelujah. Could it be? Why were people afraid? You know, people get afraid around that when they when they're holding on their own little pet sins. I want to I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to change. You love yourselves too much. That's pride of yours. When you get to a place where God, I want to be what you want me to be. I want to. It's better. It's better to be. Saved and filled in, in your right mind. Hallelujah. This man's showed the evidence. I'm afraid there's too many folks living in this world and they come to churches and, and say, you know, Jesus set me free. You say, really? Huh. Maybe if I squint real hard, I could tell. <laughs> you talk the same way. Use the same, same language. Same priorities in your life. Oh, I got him down in my heart. Where? (laughs) You don't look any different. You don't act any different. Hey, listen to me. God's going to bring some evidence in your life. Hallelujah. Oh, if you could have seen some of us before Jesus got a hold of us. I give the testimony. There's a woman in this area, really in this they've called a neighborhood, really not even a, hardly a half mile away, and and uh, came to church for a little while. We've heard it several times. And uh, after a while, you don't see them and say, "Hey, wait a minute, where'd you go?" They say, "Well, look around and see people just so awesome and so I, just different ways they'll say it." I, I came from I came from a lot of sin. One person said, "I come from really worldly world." Y'all don't understand none of that. What? Yeah. <laughs> See, this idea of this modern church day that we live in. It's like, oh, you know what? We want to let everybody know we understand. So we're going to still have all of our sinful habits and all of our old ways. And we're just going to be, the Bible says, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I told people, hey, listen, there's hardly anybody here that hasn't been through depression, through addiction, through alcoholism, through some kind of abuse. Hey, you're looking at a bunch of people that this is the grace of God. This is what God can do. This is how God can change your life completely. Jesus didn't tell this man, you go ahead and get those clothes off and start letting people know you understand them by acting like that. No, let people understand them. Let the people know you understand them by your testimony. Oh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but listen to me. Praise God. God will change you. Hallelujah. Somebody's going to say, Mom, what happened to you? I like you more. 
Amen. You don't get so out of control. Dad, what happened? Amen. You stay home and take care of us. Amen. What happened to my neighbor? Praise God. It seems like the, the law was always there, but now it seems like you're just so happy. God will make a change in your life. Old things are going to pass away. All things. Somebody say all things. All things are going to become new. Well, praise God. There's nothing in my life that's off limits to God's spirit. Nothing off limits at all. I say, God, if it will glorify you. I get too many times. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think it's a sin. Oh, you got to get way past that and say, what's going to bring you the most glory, God? What's going to make you look good, God? What's going to honor you the best? I'm not worried about God, uh, you know, giving up on me because I, I, I'm not living in that life where I'm trying to get away with as much as I want to. I'm trying to div- do as much. You know, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, you can read it there. We've read it last week, I think. It talks about all those those sins that. The Bible says, don't be deceived. You're not going to enter into heaven if you're committing those sins. But then it goes on and says, all things that are lawful for me, not everything's expedient. So there's some things that it's not so much just, I want to walk a line just this one half step away from sin. But I just want to do as much as I can to be a blessing and a help and a a witness and bring glory to God. Amen. Amen. There's a lot of things in my life. You know what? You say, well, I just don't think that's going to take anybody to hell. I'm I'm not. I just go a little bit. You know, when you when you love somebody, you don't mind going a little extra extra for them. Hey, man, I'm not saying God's just going to get mad at me, but I want to if I if this gives God glory, I want to do as much of it as I can. If this honors God, if it shines a little bit brighter, I'm okay with that. Because that's what my life is about now. The Bible says that he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. Stirred people up. You'd think when God changes your life, everybody just be, wow, that's so amazing. I want that too. Oh, watch out. Something got up on them. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) What is it? I don't know. They're just so happy. What's wrong with that? I don't know. <laughs> Might get on me. Maybe it's the devil. I don't think the devil goes around making people happy. Right. Help us, Lord. Amen. Drop down to verse 38. Now we're going to get to what I'm going to preach to you about. All right. <laughs> Sorry for all you that were hoping I was going to say, okay, amen. Luke 8, verse 38. Here is... The response of this man that was set free. Look what it says. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, return to thine own house and show how great things God hath done to thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. What a great response. Say, oh, Jesus set me free. I'm a child of God. I got saved. And we sit on church pew. Come on. If we get to church. Right. Sit there and just do, do nothing. Just keep on going our way. Just, just, just ride it till we get home. And this man said, Jesus, I want to go with you. Right. I want to be useful for the kingdom of heaven. Right. 
I want to do something. I want to, I want to preach with the disciples. I want to see the sick healed and, and I want to see people delivered. I want to go with you. I want to do something for the kingdom of God. What a great response. What a great response. I know we can't always, some people have obligations. Don't get me wrong. I, 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 we want to be as reasonable as we can be. Sometimes you have things that, that are unavoidable. You can't get to church or, or, or things are in your life that you can't do what other people can do. I understand that. But there ought to be a response in you that says, let me live the rest of my I lived all of my life going full force for the devil. I lived all of my life running from God. Some of us cursing God, breaking his heart. Doing my will. Now, Lord, I've got some time left. I want to be useful for you. All the time I spent just going after sin, God, I want to use that same energy and more to go after righteousness. I want to do all that I can. People that spend all night long at, at, at clubs and, and people that spend all uh, hours and hours watching movie bonanzas. And, and then when it comes to serving God, hey, 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 it's getting late, man. Listen, they got to put our energy into serving God. Why don't we take all that excitement that we had for death, all that, that enthusiasm we had for sin, and say, God, how can I be useful for for your kingdom to help to bless i've hurt people i've hurt myself i've done damage and 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 i tore down your help me to build your kingdom help me to do something productive for the glory of god but what jesus said to him what jesus said to him so important Imagine that, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, this is kind of the way we are. Remember Peter? Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Jesus said, hey, no, let's get him focused. Let's, this is the will of God right here. Yeah. This man is so excited and God says, the Lord says, go home. Right. What? Go home. You have a desire to do the will of God. You have a desire to be a blessing, a help, a light. You have a desire to be useful for the kingdom of heaven. Go home. Yeah. Go home and be all that right there. Yeah. All right. All right. See, you can go to the uttermost parts of the earth and be a missionary. Right. You can go out there and pray for the sick. Praise God. But you got a wife at home maybe that needs needs you. All right. Go home and be a Christian man. Maybe you've got children that always wonder, that cry and say, you know what? The people that in at school, they talk about dad, how he never comes home. And now go be a father to those children. Go home. Hey, no matter where you go and no matter what kind of, of ministry you feel you you may have, right where God planted you is a responsibility that you can't overlook. There's so much that God has... You know, the Bible tells us we're not going to turn to it, but, but when we stand before him, he tells the man, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful in very little. Now I'm going to make you ruler over very a lot. 
How important do you think it is for us to say, wait a minute, stop, stop, stop. I've got a desire. I've got a zeal. I want to, I got all this, 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 uh, uh, I've got this burden for souls. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. God, let me look at where you planted me and help me to be useful there first. Amen. Look at, look at your place. Praise God before. Hey, listen to me. I'm telling you, if I'm, if, if I help you and I bless you and you're stronger and you're better because of my ministry, thank you, Jesus, to God be the glory. But if she doesn't trust me, amen. That's my wife over there. I was afraid they thought I was pointing to Carmen. I want her to trust me too. But this lady knows me. Amen. When I get up in the morning, right. when things aren't going my way, right. amen, right. she knows when I'm having a bad day. Right. And if I'm a jerk to her, amen, and I'm kind to you, I don't care what anybody says. God's not excited about that. Right. My Bible still says, praise God, that your prayers be not hindered. Right. So honor that wife. Right. Amen. And wives as well to the husbands and children. And wherever God has planted you, look right there. I know I talked about this some on Wednesday night. I couldn't get away from it. Look what it says in Acts, the first chapter. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven. Acts 1. He's getting ready to pour out his spirit in the church. And the birth of a New Testament church is right around the corner. And he starts telling them about what's going to happen. You're going to receive power, it says in verse 8. Somebody say power. Power. You're going to receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. I still believe in it today. I still believe it's available. He said in Acts the second chapter, this promise, the Holy Ghost is unto you. It's under your children. Thank you, Jesus. It's under all that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. He's still pouring out the Spirit in these last days. Amen. It's not just a form of religion. It's not just following the, the, the rules and the dictates of a church. It's the power and presence of God's Spirit that's going to make the difference when the Word of God is spoken. You shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea. You know where that is? You say, well, where's the map? No, to them it was just home. Start at home. Before he ever opened the door to Samaria and to the other most part of the earth where it says here, they had to go back right there in Jerusalem. Amen. Be faithful in their job. Be faithful in their neighborhood. Be faithful in their community. Amen. Oh, we get a lot of great ideas of, uh, of all these uh, amazing things that we can do. But you know, the person standing next to us in the grocery store that has one too many items in front of us, they don't have a soul that's worth anything. <laughs> oh, we want to pray for those, you know, in, in the Philippines and in India and in Brazil. And, and, and you know, but that one that cuts us off. They're a devil. (laughs) Listen to me. I I don't know how God will open doors in your life. I don't know how God will lead you to to be a help and a blessing wherever you are. But our responsibility to be faithful, Jesus said, go home. 
right there is where your energy needs to focus. Amen. We got time right here in this family, this home church. Be a blessing. Be a blessing. All the opportunities God's put you in before he opens any other doors. Are you going to be faithful where he planted you? Are you faithful in your home? Amen. Are you a Christian parent? Are you a Christian spouse? Are you a Christian neighbor? What I'm saying is, do they see Jesus in you? Are you praying for them? Are you praying for them? Hallelujah. Are you asking God to help me encourage and be a blessing and a strength in this world so full of darkness and sin and battles? The people that are closest to you. Nobody's going to have a burden for them like you can. Amen. Nobody's going to pray for them like you can. Amen. You're going to get better opportunities to say something that will encourage them and strengthen them than anybody else. Amen. God gave you a job. Use it. God gave you a home. Use it. Shine a light. Look what it says. Let me read it again. You, you don't have to turn back to it in Luke 8. It went his way, published throughout the whole city. How great things Jesus had done unto him. I'll say it again today. One of the best things you can do is let people see how great Jesus has been in your life. Amen. 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 People are out there bragging. I hear people, you know, I, uh, some of you know, and thank you for your prayers. I, I, I did some side work, and I was, I was driving for Uber, and I ran into a lot of people coming home from bars. Yeah. Amen. Right. And some of them were, were heading out, and they were saying to bragging about all the dumb things that they were getting ready to do. Amen. Not one. Hey, I'm telling you, not one of them was bragging about something. Oh, you know what? We got so drunk and we we did something so good and so right and so smart. <laughs> but they're all excited. Oh, man, we acted like complete idiots. It was epic. <laughs> so uh, help us, Lord. If you I, I've, had, I've been around enough where people brag about sin, yeah. brag about filth. Brag about just low living and causing trouble and hurting people. People, just so sad. Amen. Yeah, right. You can see it sadly all over. You know, it's a lot of a lot of what's published online. Look, look at look at the the junk I'm into today. Look at my look at my sin. Look at my my bad. How sad is that? Right. Why don't we turn around and just be able to brag about Jesus for a little while? Why don't we take that opportunity and don't be afraid, don't be embarrassed. The Bible talks about in the book of Acts how they prayed for boldness. To be like this man and go back to the people that knew us. Go back to the people that saw us and let them see first the change. Let them see the difference that God made in us. Ah, you're the same. You know what? Nobody ever says, I knew you when you were young. You're the same old. No. (laughs) No, God made a change. Amen. I'm not the same I was. Hallelujah. Let them see that and be excited to tell them, hey, it was Jesus. Oh, you know what? You've you've really done good for yourself. I didn't. I didn't. I was I was on a road to disaster, but God made a difference in me. Jesus found me one day and and set me free. My message to us today is that we need to just go home, go home and let that light shine right there. Where we are 
in our home, in our family, in our neighborhood, at our jobs, and in our daily routines and errands. And let them see Jesus. Pray for people. Pray that God would could help you to be aware of those that are around you that need that help, need that strength, need that need to see Jesus in their lives. Let's bow our heads. Hallelujah. When when our walk with God becomes more than just ideas, but becomes action. When belief, faith comes alive when it is accompanied by works. Now what James told us that faith without works is it's dead. I believe that God is the greatest thing. I believe God's helped me. I believe Jesus set me free. I know what it was like when I was bound. I know what it was like when I was wrong. Well, sometimes people right in your family, they're, they're going through some things. You can't justify it. Just, be, just pray for them. Shine the light. You be right. You be what God has enabled you to be in your home. Come on, I'm telling you tonight, today, this this power of God, this salvation, it'll make you a better brother, sister, a better husband or wife. It'll change you and make you like Jesus. To love selflessly, to minister, to serve, to be a strength, to give and not be a taker. see the need. Hallelujah. I told you Wednesday night, with man it is impossible. God's the one that changes us. God's the one that makes us more, makes us better, makes us more like Him. And as we pray, and this altar's open right now if you care to come, as we pray that the Holy Ghost would, and the Word would just transform us and help us to to see those around us.
free, Lord. Thank you for helping us. To just say, Lord, I want to be faithful with the things that you've blessed me with. There's so much right around us, right at home. Help me, Lord. church. Lord, in Jesus' name, Lord, that you just work in my life, God. Oh, hallelujah. God's blessed us. He's blessed us so much. But so often there's battles that go on, there's troubles that we face, and we can kind of lose sight of the fact that we need to be faithful. Faithful to shine the light. Faithful to be what He's called me to be. Right there in our home. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand again. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence today. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. And Lord, you have been so good to us to set us free and give us, Lord, life. Take away the darkness. Take away the death. Fill us with your power, Lord. Bless now each one. Shine your light through us, Lord. Help us to reach those around us for your glory. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord. And we ask it all in Jesus' name.